Welcome to Fake News, a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast where we dismantle the media misinformation that floods our news feeds all week long. The media tries to mislead you literally every day. But each episode of this podcast will leave you more equipped to correctly interpret the news and spot their deception quicker than before. This is Luke Taylor, an austere religious scholar who's going to be your host in this special edition of Fake News. I'm calling today a special edition because uh, it's actually a, I think I'll put this in the title, but it's a part two. This is a part two of last time's episode, which was part retrospective. It was part, we were just looking back at the past few months of the Trump indictments. Trump has had four different indictments handed down. Now, in the case of the classified documents, there were actually two different indictments for that case alone. One for having the classified information and then another set of indictments for, I, I don't know what you call it, obstruction of justice, I guess you might say, trying to destroy the evidence that he had the classified documents. And so that one's turned into kind of a double whammy. But there's four cases that are going on, and we talked about two of them last time. I wanted to cover all four, but after covering the first two, I had blabbered on for about 40 minutes, and so I realized that was going to just need to be a two-part episode, and that brings us to today. I'm doing this episode, the, the series of episodes, because... There's a lot of fake news surrounding the Trump indictments, uh, a lot of facts, a lot of fiction, and a lot of it is getting all mixed up together. And so I'm trying to just do this episode to kind of differentiate the true from the false and take, a, I guess, what we're going to call a nuanced perspective, which to me, I mean, it's just taking things like looking at each one of these indictments on their own, what the left wing media and left wing politicians, everyone on the left is doing is saying all of these are evidence of Trump's wrongdoing, that he's not fit to be president ever again. Meanwhile, on the other side of the aisle, they're looking at all these indictments and saying they're all unfair, they're all baseless, they're all junk, and therefore they should just be disregarded. This is just weaponizing the Department of Justice. This is election interference, blah, blah, blah. Those are the two extreme views, that the indictments are all good or that they're all bad. And... As usual, the truth is somewhere a little bit more in the middle, which means I get to offend everybody today on this program. And I highly, I highly recommend that you go back and get offended by the previous program if you haven't already. Okay, go on back and listen to that first episode, the previous episode about the Trump indictments, because I start the whole I start making my whole case there. I'm making my case. I guess what I mean by that is just trying to lay out the facts here, okay? I'm trying to do it as fairly and objectively as possible. And when I say fairly and objectively, I guess I mean that in my own way. This is kind of an opinion-based show. But I'm not trying, I'm not just trying to be a Trump hater, not trying to be a Trump defender. I'm just trying to look at each one of them and talk about each one of the cases on its own merits. And so last time we talked about the first and second indictments. The first indictment about Stormy Daniels and the payoff there, that's the indictment that I find the most silly, the most baseless, and the one most likely to get thrown out before it even goes to a trial. It's past the statute of limitations, and even if it wasn't, it's pretty shaky legal ground to try to bring the indictment against Trump. I go into all the details on the previous episode, and I'm really relying on you having done that before we dive into the final two indictments on this week's episode. The second indictment was about the classified documents case that um, this is the one that's the strongest one against Trump because his, his, his best defense, which is that he was allowed to take the classified documents because he was president and he can declassify whatever he wants. Well, he's already shot himself in the foot. He's been recorded on record as saying that he did not declassify these materials before he took them from the White House. Not only that, he lied to the National Archives 
in legal documentation about having returned the documents already when he hadn't done so. And then finally, when he was caught in all this mess and after the FBI raided his home and all that, then he tried to have his security footage expunged. He told his aides to delete, to, to cover up, to cover up the, the alleged crime. And, you know, at, this is what got Nixon. This is what gets a lot of people. The cover up is often worse than the crime. Uh, you know, even if the crime was shaky, shady, something not good, the cover up is where they can really get you sometimes. And I, as I said last time, they've got him. So I'm sorry if that's not what you want to hear. Uh, I'm just trying to tell you the facts here. I think they have Trump dead to rights, and I don't see how he gets out of this one. Um, whereas there is some leeway for him to get out of all the others. So we're going to talk about the other two today. Before we do that, um, I just wanted I want to mention this one story. This is kind of a, a feel good story, not related to the indictments at all. Just something that came up in the news, and I'm like, well, let me let me share this now. Let me share this here at the beginning. Before we get the ball rolling on all this other stuff, once I get into the indictment thing, that's going to take up the rest of our time. But I saw this delightful article here. Here's the headline. These siblings were adopted separately by this couple, but just found out they are actually biological brother and sister. And so the article goes, Angela and Dennis Laffin adopted their son Frank in 2002 after the newborn was found on the doorstep of a daycare center on Staten Island. They already had one biological child, and after completing Frank's adoption, they thought their family was complete. So these these were parents who became something like foster parents or something like that, and they took this child in, this child who had just been abandoned. And so then, it says later on, after they adopted the first boy back in 2002, then Angela heard of a baby girl who had been abandoned. She called their adoption agency with the intention of closing their home, but decided to inquire about the baby who had been found instead. By the end of that phone call, Angela was t told their caseworker that they wanted to take the baby girl, Victoria. She told her husband, and she hung up. After she hung up, <laughs> she, she agreed to take the kid, and then she told her husband, hey, by the way, I, we agreed to take this kid. <laughs> I just volunteered to take this girl who had been abandoned. So Frank and Victoria, they are now aged 19 and 20, and they only recently learned about how they be became to be adopted by the Laffins, as they were both abandoned as newborns, on Staten Island. They both decided to take some DNA tests because they wanted to learn more about their family background. This is a typical thing with kids who've been adopted. Very understandable. <laughs> but after taking these DNA tests, they learned that they were closer to family than they had ever imagined. Victoria told Today.com, I was shaking when I read the results. I was definitely emotional. The fact that, that I've been living my entire life with my biological sibling and I had no idea. And the mom, Angela, she described the moment that Victoria called her with these test results. She said, she's screaming her head off. I couldn't understand a word she was saying. I was like, were you in a car accident? Are you okay? And she goes, me and Frank are brother and sister. Angela was confused. What on earth was Victoria talking about? This was hardly news. I said to her, of course you're brother and sister. I raised you. And Vicky says, no, mom, you don't understand. We're biological siblings. And so that was just kind of a cool thing that, you know, both these... Babies who had been adopted, they don't know where these babies came from, but come to find out they are a biological pair, not just that they were adopted in the same home. I thought that was a pretty cute little story. And so, and then the son had a, a nice comment here. It says, Frank, Frank said that while he wonders about his biological parents, he's grateful for the family that he has. After the siblings got their DNA results, Frank texted his mom, Angela, telling her, I love you and daddy. That day, I, that day I was left was the best day of my life because it led me to you two. And so I thought that was a sweet little story. 
And uh, so I just I want to share that now uh, before we get into all the Trump indictment stuff. But that that was uh, from today.com. Also, I found it shared on a website called Not the Bee. Not the Bee is a it's a really fun website that's put out by the if you've ever heard of the Babylon Bee, it's a it's a a satire. It's a fake news source, not fake news like my podcast here. It's a satire website where they, you know, kind of make up stories that are kind of wild and silly. Um, but they're always on that edge of just potentially could be possible. Oftentimes the things that the, the Babylon Bee puts out do end up becoming true, um, which is kind of hilarious and scary. But they also have a website called Not the Bee. It's for wild stories that um, just seem like kind of wild and out there and bizarre. And so they collect these stories, put them on a website called Not the Bee, because it's true stories that are just wild. And uh, anyway, that's a good one to follow if you if you like following some trustworthy news. I not the bee is more trustworthy than a lot of the mainstream news sources out there. Okay. Well, I think I got all that stuff out of the way. Let's get back into it. Let's talk about these Trump indictments. I'm going to break down indictments number three and four today. Indictment number three is a, the January 6th indictment, referring, of course, to January 6th of 2021. That was the day of the Capitol riot, what the left wing wants to brand an insurrection. It was not an insurrection, but it was really, really bad. I mean, I I was pretty upset that day when that happened. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it's you know it's a considered a right wing movement. It was it was right wingers who, as they say, stormed the Capitol. Um, I'm a right winger. I have nothing to do with these guys. I don't support what they did whatsoever. I don't uh, make excuses for it. And you know, we see in the news every every few months, every few weeks, there's news of another January sixther being. Uh, sentenced to some obscenely long sentence. And, um, you know, there's all these, you know, people wringing their hats over it and boohooing because it's not fair. I just got to say, I find it hard to feel sympathy for him. Okay. I think what they did was terrible. It's going to have longstanding repercussions against the right wing in America for years to come. We are still feeling the effects of what they did. They screwed up politics for us for a long time. If Trump ends up being the nominee next year, it's very possible that January 6th comes back to bite him, and it's a major reason he does not get elected next year. So they have screwed up American politics on a long-standing scale, I would say. We're only a couple years into it, and the left wing is going to milk this for all it's worth. I don't have much sympathy for the January 6ers. And as I've said before, and I think I'll get into it in a few minutes, I, I know Donald Trump did not tell them to go into the Capitol that day. I do feel that he's morally responsible, he's ethically responsible for creating the atmosphere that led to the events of that day because he told a lot of whoppers, a lot of lies, a lot of things that were not true. We are going to get into that in a minute. I think morally or ethically, yes, he bears some responsibility for what happened on January 6th. But does he bear a legal responsibility? Well, that is the question that we're going to analyze right here as we talk about the third indictment. And by the way, I did a whole episode about the January 6th stuff, a lot of fake news around that. If you want to look back and hear it, I released that episode one year after January 6th of 2021. So that episode came out January 6th, 2022. And I talk about the truth of that day because there is a lot of fake news and a lot of lies that were told about it. But there were also a lot of lies that Trump told leading up to it. And so even all the way back in that episode, I explained, I played the clip for you, why Trump is not legally culpable for the events of that day, okay? Um, morally, perhaps he's culpable, but in a legal sense, should he go to jail for it? 
Well, no. In fact, I'll just play the clip again right here. Trump told people to protest. He told people to rally. But he did not tell them to go into the Capitol. They made that decision on their own. Maybe the FBI tempted them into it, but they still made that decision on their own. And Trump also told them directly to protest peacefully, not to tear down walls and barge down, barge it through doors, not to invade the Capitol. And these people out there, some of them were pretty, I know they weren't doing it armed. They weren't, you know, waving guns around, but they had some shady intentions to say the least. I mean, they had a gallows out there as one of their props for this movement of stop the steal. there There were people out there talking about literally trying to kill the vice president, Mike Pence, because Trump had told them, he told the crowd that it's, it's up to Mike Pence to save the union, you know, to stop the election from going through, to stop, the, to stop it from being certified. Trump told this major whopper that Mike Pence had the power to stop the certification of the election results. And so now a bunch of the right wing hates Mike Pence, all because of these lies that Trump told. And there were literally people there talking about killing Mike Pence, having a gallows as if they were as if they were saying, hey, we want to do a French Revolution thing here. We want to put these politicians to death if they try to certify the election. So, yes, they they these were not good people. I feel a little sympathy for them and, and the and the uh, the legal mess that they've created for themselves. But let's focus on Trump's legal mess right here. So, um, oh, yeah, I'm, I was going to play a clip for you. Here's a clip of Trump saying to peacefully go to the pr- Capitol and protest. He did not tell them to invade. He did say. Do it peacefully. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. So on January 6, 2021, of course, there were a lot of people upset, hoping and praying that the election results would not go through, that Biden would not be inaugurated that month. And yet that's exactly what ended up happening. Donald Trump told these crowds that he did not lose the election fairly, that it had been stolen, that they had cheated. Now, let's talk about that for a minute. I'm not going to get on here and tell you that it wasn't stolen. It very well could have been stolen, okay? I would just say the proof that it was stolen has not been presented. If you disagree with that, peaceful at gmail.com. Send me the proof. If you have the proof, send it. I will take it. But I have not personally seen it. I've seen 2,000 mules. I've, I mean, I've looked into this stuff, I would say, pretty extensively. I see claims being made on the internet. There are some things I can't explain. There are some things I'm very uncomfortable with, especially with the mail-in balloting. I, I, here's where I stand. I don't really trust the results of the election. I would fully believe that it was stolen. So I have no problem believing that. But if you're going to do something as drastic as overturning an election, you got to have proof. You can't just say it looks stolen. I feel like it was stolen. I believe they would steal it. I would agree with all those statements. Okay, I, I believe I believe that Democrats had the motive, the means, and the opportunity to steal it. I just don't know how they did because I haven't seen the proof presented. So, you know, it's like every all the elements for a crime of that scale are in place. But where were if they you know filled out a bunch of fake ballots and s- slipped them in with the mail-in ballots? Okay, but every time they audit the results, they find the people, and it, you know, in some cases, they haven't done a fair audit of the results, but that means we just don't know if it was stolen or not. So you got to have proof if you're going to overturn an election. All right. We got a lot of election problems in this country. I hate what's happened to our elections. The Democrats have ruined elections in this country. 
and the right is not taking the steps it needs to take to get our election process back under control. I mean, the balls, it's totally gotten away from them and they're not taking the proper steps to get, to get the ball back. So um, anyway, yes, I would believe, I would totally believe that the election was stolen. Okay. But you got to have proof. You got to go into court and make that argument. You can't just go in front of crowds and stir them up and tell them you have proof. You got to actually have the proof. And the judges who looked at the proof and the evidence that Trump and his team presented, they all said there's no proof it was stolen. The Supreme Court, three of the justices that Trump appointed himself, so three justices who would be very friendly and warm toward Trump, they said there's no evidence that the election was stolen. Okay? Amy Coney Barrett, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, all of the Republican appointed justices on the court, except for Clarence Thomas, they all said the evidence is not there. Clarence Thomas, he didn't even say the evidence was there. He said he's willing to hear a case on it. But the rest of them said, no, they don't even meet the minimum standard to even have a case. Okay, all three of the justices that Trump appointed said he had no legal bearing to try to overturn the election. All right. So, I mean, what are we going to say? Are they the deep state? Are they the establishment? Are they do they are they Trump haters? All right. Come on, guys. we got to be real after a while. William Barr said it. Mike Pence said it. Trump didn't have a legal basis to overturn the election. All right. I would totally believe it was stolen, but you got to have proof. We would never accept it. If the Democrats in 2016, if okay, if Joe Biden did what Trump says Mike Pence could have done, if president or vice president at that time, Vice President Biden did not refuse to certify the election of 2016, even though they had this whole Russian disinformation conspiracy theory that they were floating, hey, they they could have got up there and said, well, we just don't see how Trump beat Hillary because it looks like Russian disinformation. You know, they they could have got, they could have said that, but they went ahead and certified the election because they didn't have the proof that you would need to overturn an election. Okay, and of course the proof wasn't there because that was a baseless conspiracy theory. But I'm just saying, how would you have liked it if they had prevented Trump from becoming president in 2016 because they had a theory that he that he colluded with Russia? Right, that would have been awful if they had done that, that we would have had a a civil war in this country if they refused to put Trump into office on that basis. That would have been ridiculous, right? But yet that is exactly what Trump tried to do. He tried to force Mike Pence to do it. So January 6th, there's a whole indictment now that's been handed down about that. And they are blaming Trump for all of, they're blaming him for January 6th because of all the lies that he told prior to the 20 prior to January 6th of 2021, okay? Between the election of 2020 and January 6th of 2021, here's the kind of stuff that Trump said. He said that the voting machines in Georgia had been hacked because they used electronic voting, okay? Again, as I've been saying, I would totally believe it. I would believe that they would do something like that. I don't trust electronic voting, okay? But you can't just say that. You have to have some kind of evidence. And Trump just didn't have anything to back that up. And Fox News repeated that lie. Okay. They repeated that lie as if it was true. And they paid dearly for it. They had to spend nearly a billion dollars earlier this year because they had a settlement with Dominion Voting Software. And they had a settlement that cost them almost a billion dollars because, listen, they had every, <laughs> they had every um, reason to try to prove Trump right 
on Dominion software being hacked. They had every motivation to do that because they had to pay out nearly a billion dollars and they couldn't do it. They could not prove that the Dominion voting machines were hacked. It was a lie from Trump. It was a lie from Trump's lawyers. That was one of the lies. Here's some more quotes Trump said in his January 6th speech. He said, in Detroit, turnout was 139% of registered voters. Think of that. So you had 139% of the people in Detroit voting. This lie was easily debunked. It was debunked. It was not true that 139% of people in Detroit had voted. Okay. It was just, it was just, it's one of the, here's what Trump does. I hate to say it, guys. He sees some meme that somebody made on Facebook that claims election fraud and he just reposts it or he'll go out in a speech and say it. He won't verify the facts. He's like your, you know, you've got a grandma or grandpa on Facebook who, you know, post cringy stuff. They They repost things that someone just typed into a computer that have no basis in a statistic or a survey or anything. They just repost it because it sounds right to them, even though it's something that somebody just totally made up, right? You've heard, you know, like they say, 76% of statistics on the internet are made up on the spot, right? And that is what some old people do and young people too, I guess. But I'm just saying, we we all know people like that. You probably got a, a an inner uncle who just reposts whatever sounds good to them. They don't go check out the facts. Facebook memes are terrible about stuff like that. People just put whatever they want into them. Okay, that's what Trump does. He sees someone post something on Twitter or True Social that he agrees with that makes him look good, even if it has no basis in fact, and he will just repeat it as if it's a fact. Okay, here's what Trump said on Twitter on December 29th. He says, A group of Republican lawmakers in Pennsylvania say 200,000 more votes were counted in the 2020 election than voters. And 100% of those 200,000 votes went to Biden. Okay? Just another thing just totally made up. There was not 200,000 extra votes in Pennsylvania. All right? Also on Twitter in December of 2020, Georgia was gearing up for a special election for two Senate seats. Republicans only needed to win one of those seats. If they had just won one of them, then Republicans could have held on to the Senate control and they could have stopped a lot of crap that Joe Biden pushed through in his first two years of his presidency. But Donald Trump was so bitter about his election loss, he told his followers in Georgia there was no point of for them to even vote in the special election because their votes wouldn't count anyway. And what ended up happening? Georgia lost both of those Senate, I mean, the Republicans lost both of those Senate races in Georgia. Republicans lost both of them. And I know you people can point, well, Donald Trump did tell him to go vote. Yeah, but he also said, don't bother because it's it's pointless. He was just saying whatever he felt like. He wasn't, you know, once he lost, he was so bitter and angry about it. He didn't care what happened to any other Republican. He said, if I'm going down, I'm basically, I'm taking you with me. And he caused, listen, on election night, even though neither Republican had geared 50, they had not gained 50% of the vote, to win that Senate seat. They had, that's why they had to do a redo election, but they were both more than the Democrat. So they, they, the Republicans had an edge. Georgia's a red state. And yet ever since 2020, they've had Democrat senators and it's been because of Donald Trump. So Georgia does not like Donald Trump. That's just, you know, the, he, D- Donald Trump tried to ruin it for Brian Kemp and Brian Kemp's reelection against Stacey Abrams. He tried to ruin it for him. <laughs> and, 
and Georgia sided with the Republicans in Georgia. Georgia sided with Brian Kemp and went ahead and put him into office. Okay, Georgia does not like Trump. If Trump's the nominee for next year, you can go ahead and count Georgia out. There's no way he's getting it because of they are sick of him. He's been crapping on their state ever since the 2020 election and telling them don't even bother to vote because the election is so dishonest. Look, you can you can say that the the electronic voting machines are junk and that you can't trust them. You can say all that stuff. But if you are running or if your party is trying to win seats in that state, telling people not to bother voting, that is a losing strategy. If you don't think you can win it, just don't try. But don't tell people not to vote. Okay? It's, uh, it's, Trump caused, has caused a lot of problems. He's let the Democrats, he's let Joe Biden, that party win the Senate in 2020 when we could have stopped a lot of the crap that Joe Biden did if we had just held on to one of those seats. Just one of them. What's the strategy behind telling people not to even bother voting? Here's something else Trump said on November 15th on Twitter. He says, all of the mechanical glitches that took place on election night were really them getting caught trying to steal votes. They succeeded, however, without getting caught. Mail-in elections are a sick joke. Okay? So yes, I agree. Mail-in elections are worthless. I agree with that. I don't trust the mail-in elections. Who turned it into a mail-in election? Trump did on March 27th of 2020 when he signed the CARES Act and that gave the government billions of dollars to reimagine our entire voting structure for 2020. Trump signed his own death warrant. You can go back and look. He let the Democrats change our voting system to a mail-in voting system because he had been told by the experts that he shouldn't have listened to that COVID's going to ruin everything. Nobody's going to be able to go, go out and vote. And so we got to do this mail-in voting to have an election this year. He signed the CARES Act into law. He gave us the mail-in voting, okay? Then he, and now, then he complains about it after the fact. I hated it before. I said, why are all these people mailing in their votes? I said, it's, it's so, if you trust the, the UPS service to get all of the votes in that are supposed to be in, let me just give you a challenge. Put $500 cash in an envelope. Go drop it. Go write it on the envelope to mail it to yourself. Then go drop it on a post office box somewhere. How confident do you feel about that? <laughs> do you, I mean, yes, most likely it'll come to you, but there's not a 100% chance. You want to risk $500 getting lost in the mail? You want to risk a, a postal worker or someone else just handling the mail, seeing all this cash in an envelope and stealing it? Do you trust them that much? <laughs> <laughs> nobody would do that but yet we'll do it with our votes it's just a, it's completely stupid but we have donald trump to thank for that because he signed the cares act proudly signed it into law and that came back to bite him less than a year later on december 2nd of 2020 he claimed that our votes were being counted in foreign countries and that the totals were just being sent over here okay pretty audacious claim it's too bad he never had proof to back that claim up Trump also claimed, listen, he was saying this just like a month or two ago. I saw him say this on Truth Social, okay? President Trump claimed that President Biden received tens of millions more votes in 2020 than there were registered voters. Trump called them phantom voters. He said tens of millions more people voted in the 2020 election than there were registered voters in America. 
Okay. That claim was being made all the way back in 2020. I, when I saw that, I'm like, really? Wouldn't that just be the most obvious fraud in the world then? So I went and looked into it. It was completely disprovable. It was a baseless claim. Someone playing with the numbers. No tens of millions more people did not vote in 2020 than there were registered voters in America. But yet Trump, even this past summer, continues to repeat that baseless, completely obvious lie. You can look it up for yourself, do the simple math. You can see that there were not more votes cast in 2020 than there were registered voters. It's very clear, very plain to see, but Trump can't see it because he's blinded by his own ego. So then January 6th of 2021 comes along and Trump makes a big speech repeating some of these lies, saying Mike Pence has the power to prevent the Joe Biden presidency. Completely bogus. And after four years of total loyalty and support from Pence, Trump turned around and stabbed Pence right in the back and tried to pin all the blame for his loss on him. He tells Republicans if Biden becomes president, it's all Mike Pence's fault. To this day, you look at the polls, there's a chunk of Republicans now who just hate Mike Pence for reasons I do not understand in the slightest. They hate his guts. And then Trump utters this line. And this next thing that he said is probably the thing that will save him. I played it before, but I'm just going to play it again. Okay. Just to be fair here, he told a bunch of lies. But did he tell them to go into the Capitol? Let's just hear it one more time. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. So here's where this indictment stands, because I really just kind of went through the whole background there. But what Trump said right there in that little clip, that is what will probably save him. Because the third indictment claims that Trump incited the January 6th riot with his election lies. Okay, and yes, even though Trump did lie, and as I say, he created the atmosphere for this thing to happen. But you can't blame him for the violence because he did say peacefully protest. Okay, legally speaking, that's a pretty solid defense. I don't know what's going to happen with that indictment. You might get an unfair jury, might get a judge or whoever, a liberal judge. I mean, who knows what they're going to do? But legally speaking, he has a pretty good defense that he did tell them to peacefully protest. He was clear about that. And just because they did not listen, that's not his fault for that part. So a D.C. jury, this is being brought about in a D.C. (laughs) jurisdiction. They're pretty anti-Trump in D.C., so they might see it differently. Trump's not likely to be treated fairly in this trial. I'd say legally he has a good defense, but practically speaking, he could very well get found guilty either way. So as I've been, I think I've been clear. I think Trump's lies and his actions after the election, I think they were despicable. Terrible stuff that he said. But if I'm being fair, if I'm being objective, it's not illegal to lie. It's actually, you know, First Amendment protected. You're allowed to lie. You're allowed to lie publicly. You're not allowed to lie on the witness stand. You're not allowed to lie if you're, you know, if you perjure yourself in court. That's when lying is illegal. But just about anywhere else, you can get away with lying. If you're not under oath somewhere, yes, you can lie. Trump lied to his voters. They were awful, despicable lies. They tore the country apart. But were they illegal lies? 
Well, no, because you are allowed to lie. I mean, if we were locking politicians up for lying, you'd have to get probably 99 out of 100 of them. Okay. And by the way, his legal theory that vice presidents can decertify the election, that is a ridiculous legal theory. It was a wrong legal theory, but it's not illegal to suggest it. Even though I think it was a terrible thing what he did and he stabbed Vice President Pence in the back. But it's not illegal. So I'm just trying to be nuanced here. I'm trying to be fair. This is me trying to be objective. (laughs) If you want to take it as objective or not, you can. Okay? Something can be bad, but not necessarily illegal. And that's where I'd put the third indictment. And I think this is where we're going to put episode two. Let's just do a part three to finish up talking about the Trump indictments, because I have I have a bit more to say. We have one more indictment to go through, and that's the indictment that was handed down in Georgia. However, just kind of looking at the clock here, I've been talking now for over half an hour, and I th- you know what? I think I'm just going to say this. We're good for today. We're good for today, <laughs> okay? I'll just do another episode and have it come out in a few days, and we'll talk about that fourth and final indictment, okay? So... We covered January 6th today. You got my whole opinion on that. Come back for the next episode. Let's talk about this just a little bit more. Let's talk about that fourth indictment that was handed down in Fulton County, Georgia. The one that the the mugshot heard around the world came out of. We'll, we'll talk about that next time. But hey, I appreciate you being here today. Thanks for tuning in to Fake News, a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast. This has been Luke Taylor. And I'll just say, if you abandoned a couple babies in Staten Island 20 years ago... I got some good news for you. I think they turned out all right. Oh, yeah.